Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 815. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiismach at take10fortorah.org. This TED is sponsored by the Lewis family in memory of Fred Lewis, Fidel Yitzchak ben Aftali, David Zichrona Levracha. So today I want to talk about a, um, a topic we sort of began discussing yesterday, and that's the concept of Beishamai's opinion on how to light our menorah. So we mentioned yesterday that Beit Shammai says that when we do Mahadran Minna Mahadran, which is the best way to light the menorah, which is pretty much what we generally do, he says, or the school of Beit Shammai says, I should say, eight to one. You start with eight candles and you go down each progressive night towards one candle. And we said um, that the reason is because Beit Shammai associates this with Sukkot and we said a bunch of reasons why, uh, that this is a replication of Sukkot. It says Pariachag, uh, the, the oxen of Sukkot go down and count also because they represent the nations of the world and their diminishing influence. And therefore Hanukkah, which is about the same idea, anti-assimilation, also should go down and model Sukkot. But let's talk instead of um, the reason for why Beishamai says what he says, uh, perhaps a more novel idea of whether or not somebody nowadays can light their candles like Beishamai. We're so used to lighting from 1 to 8, I want to talk about the idea of possibly lighting from 8 to 1. So that Gemara that I mentioned yesterday, which men- mentions this Machlokas between Beishamai and Beishilal, so the Gemara concludes, Amar Rabbah the son of the son of Chana, says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, There were two elders in Sidon. Now this is some time after Beishamai and Beishilal lived, uh, after their schools had, you know, sort of become uh, really one, they weren't as disparate of two schools, and so this is some time later. And there were two Zakanim living in this place called Sidon, one did like Beishamim, one did like Beishelal, and Zenos and Tamlid Varav, one gave the reason, and the reason that he held like Beishamim was because Kenegat Pariacha, because of the idea of the oxen of Sukkot, Vizenos and Tamlid Varav, Damalan Bakodesh Vein Maridin. And the other one gave the reason, because Malan Bakodesh Vein Maridin, meaning that you go up and you never go down in holiness. So it's interesting that the Gemara brings this story, because when you look at this face value, um, really, a couple hundred years after. Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel live, really pretty much the practice universally followed Beis Hillel, not Beis Shammai. How do we have somebody, generations later, still practicing Lake Beis Shammai? And let me explain what I mean. The Mishnah Brachos discusses uh, the Halacha of Beshach Becha, which refers to the time that we say Shema, Beshach Becha, when we lay down. So Beis Shammai, this uh, Mishnah Brachos, Parag Aleph, Mishnah Gemal, Beis Shammai Omer, Be'erev, Kaladam, Yatav, Yikru. In the evening, everybody needs to lie down and say Shema. So Bishamai says, you got to lie down and say Shema. And in the morning, you get up. So you got to stand when you say Shema when you do it in the morning, and you got to lay down when you say the Shema at night. And that's because the Torah literally says, you shall read these words, when you lie down, when you rise. When Beishel says, no, 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 it's not talking about your posture. It's talking about read however you want to read in whatever position, physical position you want to do, because it says, So then, why does it say, So, Beis Hillel explains, I'll tell you why. It just means to tell you the time of day when you lay down, the time of day when you wake up. That's all it means to say. So Tarifin says, I was once going on the way, and I laid down on the road, or on the side of the road, to do like Beis because I was a student of Beis 
and I endangered myself, as you can imagine, somebody would when they would lay down on the side of the road when saying Shema. But Pnei because of robbers, Amrulo, or because of I don't know traffic, Amrulo, they said to him, It's you know that's exactly what should have happened to you because you transgressed the words of Beis Hillel. In that Beis Hillel is how the halacha goes, and you follow Beis Shammai instead of Beis Hillel. Now, this idea of holding like Beis Hillel over Beis Shammai, two camps and two schools, and there are some exceptions. The second chapter of Masechah Shabbos deals with all the exceptions, but generally we paskin like Beis Hillel over Beis Shammai. The reason is, as an aside, uh, we talked about this in a different ten many months back. The uh, Beis Hillel, the, the Gemara says, are nochin and elbonim. They were more bashful, they were more humble, and they always present. Beis Shammai's opinion first. So every time you see a Mishnah, which or a Brayta, which quotes both a debate between Beis Shammai and Beit Hillel, you'll always see Beis Shammai's opinion first. Now, what does that have to do with anything? The fact that they were nicer guys, and so we explained back then. It has to do with the fact that when you're a nice person and when you're a good, um, when you're a mensch, and you can put the other person's opinion first, it shows you that ego is removed from the conversation. Very often, we keep fighting just to make sure our ego wins the battle if not our arguments, and so when you know that ego is not involved, you have more reliance on the person's arguments. And so the camp of Beis Hillel that was understood to be ego-free. And because they're ego-free, we put more uh, more faith in the decisions they came to, and so generally we paskin like Beis Hillel, not Beis Shammai. So much so that this Mishnah says, you know, Reb Tarfin did something so wrong that, you know, he almost lost his life paskin like Beis Shammai. And that's indeed what the Gemara in Brachos continues there when it talks about what you should do vis-a-vis Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. So, uh, the, I, don't want, I don't have time to read the whole Gemara, but the Gemara says uh, one who does like Beis Shammai does not, has not done anything. It's as if they haven't fulfilled it. Reb Nachem Rabbi Yitzchak has the most extreme opinion. He says, one who does like Beis Shammai is you know liable for the death penalty, and obviously this is a little bit exaggerated. But the Tanan, and he quotes our Mishnah, and that I just quoted, that Reb Tarfin uh, risked his life, and people said to him, "Hey, that's exactly what should have happened, because you're not supposed to hold like Beishamai." So now back to our Gemara. So we have these Zakain and these elders holding like Beishamai, which is very strange. That shouldn't be the case. Now the Rif indeed also brings this Gemara. The Rif Rabbi Yitzchak Alfasi wrote a Halacha Sefer and in his Halacha Sefer he only talks about the practical Halacha. He leaves out the things that he finds impractical. And he talks about these two elders and their reasoning. And people talk about why does he do that? Why is this still part of the conversation? The Gura gives a very interesting uh, explanation for why it is that uh, the Rif does this. Why is it that this person who did like Beishami is still part of our conversation nowadays? And the answer he gives is because it shows Knows what the real reason for the machlokas of Beisham and Beisel is. That later somebody said the reason is Pari Hachag and Malin Bakodesh, as opposed to the other reason of just tracking the nights, simply the nights that are going out or the nights that are coming in. And that has ramifications. Those ramifications relate to, you know, um, whether or not you have to have one menorah in the window so you can clearly see what night it is or not. And I don't want to get into all the ramifications of the gro right now because it's far-reaching. We did a 10 on it last year relating to the machlokas between Tosos and the Rambam. And if you don't understand what I just said, I apologize. Didn't mean to confuse anybody. But but what's, I think, more interesting is the Bir Halacha. The Chavetz Chaim writes in his Mishnah Bura, in his more in-depth analysis, he says, I have another theory. And the Chavetz Chaim is writing 120 years ago, 130 years ago. He's writing, I have another theory of why the Rif, Ritzchak Al-Fasi, writing in the 11th century, is talking about, um, is talking about 
these guys, these Zakenim who did it in Sidon, quoting a person who did like Beishamai, why is this still relevant a thousand years later? Who cares what Beishamai says if Beishamai is universally dismissed? So he explains as follows. Lulay Debri Kadshaw, if I wouldn't have seen what the what the what the gra what I just mentioned, Hayef Shalom or Oh, and I would have said the Das Harif the Zelo Nichnas Bakalma the Kaimulan the Alma the Halakha Kabesal Bedina. He says, I would have said as follows. The entire discussion about Beishamai and Beishelel, and that we must go like Beishelel over Beishamai, does not apply in this context. Why? Because that only applies when we're talking about core halacha. What should one do? So we'll debate Beishamai, Beishelel, and you've got to go with Beishelel. You, you don't have to lay down when you say the Shema, for example. Or there are other issues, many, dozens of issues, where they debate. But he says, here we're talking about not just Mahadran, but Mahadran and Mahadran. Really, all you need to do is light one candle. But we're talking about over here that you're going to light one candle per person and then maybe even multiply it by the amount of nights that there is. That's already, you know, that's the gravy. That's the icing on the cake. When you're talking about the Hidur Mitzvah, when you're talking about the beautification of the Mitzvah, the upgraded version of the performance of the Mitzvah, it does not matter if you go like Beis Shammai or Beis Hillel. That's his tremendous Chiddush, he says over here, a hundred years ago. He says, But since nobody has said this, he says, He says, with great humility, he says, No one said this before. I think I'm right, but you know what? Don't do this. I only said this in order to, you know, get you thinking. And so that's a really wonderful notion that Beisham and Hill, when we're talking about the gravy, the icing, the mahadram and the mahadram, the just the best possible way to do this mitzvah doesn't apply. That, that's really interesting, and that's why Beishamai's opinion exists hundreds of years later, and then even the riff a thousand years or a thousand years ago is still talking about Beishamai because here it doesn't matter. Now it's interesting because the Bir Halacha Chaim was not aware that the Ritva Rabbi Yonta Ibn Ashvili, uh, living in Spain in the 14th century, he actually had said the same thing because his book manuscript wasn't found and published yet. He says even according to the one who says that one who does like Beishamai doesn't do any Thing, misa. Here it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Um, it's not relevant because here we're just talking about hither mitzvah. I wonder if this opinion would have been well more well known. The Bir Alach the Chavetz Chaim would have seen it. Other people would have seen it. But in any event, it might not be the craziest thing if you wanted to do from eight to one. Although I still have not seen it done. Happy Chanukah and good Shabbos.